You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. That's right, everyone. This is Tim of the Online Big Blue bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. I'm always standing on that wall. Making sure you get all the honest, truthful news that we can possibly give you about the New York football Giants. Oh, we got a lot of news today. We got a lot of interesting talk. I want to talk about the thousand snap linemen. Do the Giants have it? Do they need it? What is it? I also want to talk about the Giants signing two defensive backs. I'm waiting for the, the, the Twitterites to be like, oh my God, they're both going to start. And also we want to take do some takeaways from day two of the OTAs. Once again, the media was not allowed. This is all from the Giants in-house media. I mean, I mean, does I mean, doesn't mean I mean, the media, I believe, is supposed to be back on Thursday, the the regular beat media. So we're cur- I just I do just find it curious. Um, but let's get into the Giants basically signed uh, two former um, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, one guy's from what's his name? Uh, James Candy. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, what is it? Maurice Candy. I think his name is Kennedy. Kennedy, I think it is. I don't know how to pronounce his name off the top of my head. Um, I do remember that he was with Wink for a little bit. So he knows a little bit of the Winker system. He also spent some time with Dallas. He was formerly with the Jets also back in 19. Um, he's got 40 career games, four starts, recorded 86 tackles, 70 solo, three for loss, three quarterbacks, six, six pass defenses, one interception. He graded at a pro football focus of 64 point eight in 2021, but appeared in just eight games due to concussion issues. He's not my CB2. Sorry, he's not. He's not my CB2. And if he is, if we're relying on that, then I'm a little bit worried. We also signed Khalil Dorsey. Uh, I remember Khalil Dorsey, funny enough. I was thinking about it. He, he went, came out of uh, northern Arizona. And I, rem- I actually remember him. I don't know why, but I remember him. And I think I remember doing some looking at some film on him. He's appeared in six NFL games, zero starts. He's recorded zero solo tackles, surrendered one pass defense, and one target for 36 yards. These are just a handful of guys they're bringing in. They're, they're, they're body fillers. They're roster fillers. They're, 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 let's throw everything we can on the wall and see what sticks. So you know what? If one of them makes the roster, good for them. But I'm not going to sit there and pencil them in at the CB2 position. Anyone that does that is a moron. And I do apologize for the stupid people that <laughs> think that he is going to be someone that's going to come in and start. Uh, he's a fill- these are filler guys. Guys, these are fillers. I'm not talking people directly. I'm talking about Twitter. These are guys that are roster fillers. If they make it as a special teams player, great. If they make it as a spot, uh, excuse me, a, a, a spot starter, that's great. But that's what they are. Nothing else right now. I remember a conversation back in 2003 or when I was over in Tampa. And Bill Muir, who was the former offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he had a he had a saying, and I remember it sitting in the I remember it clearly sitting in the meeting room. He talked about and something and something triggered this last night when I was listening to the radio yesterday. He talked about the expression the thousand snap lineman and how in this league, and this was back in the early 2000s, you needed to have continuity in your line. You needed to have the ability to understand or to figure out what that person next to you was doing. You need to almost mirror their moves because you need, you've played with them so long and so often going back from OTAs to training camp into the preseason games and into the regular season. 
Now, the average NFL teams run, runs anywhere between 64 to 78 snap, offensive snaps a game. So his theory was, and this was a back when there was only 16 games, that you need to have what he referred to as the thousand snap lineman. And this is the fact that they, now these are guys that may not be playing every single snap, they may, but they're playing the majority. They're playing 90% of the snaps. One of the things that I hated, and I talked about it ad nauseum, Joe Judge's rotational offensive line base is you were never building any continuity in the line. You were always trying to move guys in and out to create special matchups. That doesn't work. This isn't baseball. It's not. It's a football is a game, especially those that have played it at a higher level, such as myself. You understand you need consistency. You need to be on the field. You need to hone your skills that way. And the only way that you can adapt and be part of a cohesive unit is if you're always on the field and together. So I decided I said, let me go see what the giant snap counts were last year. Just at just out of curiosity, did the Giants at any point in time have a thousand snap linemen? Or any thousand snap linemen last year. And the funny thing is, as bad as the offensive line was last year, it was better than the year before. And I looked at it and I was kind of surprised. Billy Price played 984 snaps, or 89.3% of the snaps itself. You also had Matt, uh, excuse me, Will Hernandez was actually played 1,048 snaps. You also had Nate Solder played 926, and believe it or not, missing as much time as he did, Thomas, Andrew Thomas, played almost 800 snaps. He played 780, as human, 799 snaps. So we never had that. We never really cracked outside of Will Hernandez, and Will Hernandez was playing more out of necessity. We never really cracked that 1,000-yard, excuse me, 1,000-snap lineman. And I find that interesting that, you know, how poor our lines have been the last couple seasons. If you go back into the 2020 season, do we have any thousand snap lines back in 2020? And I think most people will tell you that the 2020 season was a lot worse than the, se- the season. I mean, than last year, than 2021. So I, I think a lot of people will tell you that. And if you take a look at it, we had Cam Fleming, 911. Andrew Thomas, that's 978. You had Nick Gates at 1,030. You had Kevin Zeidler at 1,000. And then you had those, those were your big guys. And I find it interesting because you have to admit the best players on that line last year were both Gates and Zeidler. And they both had over 1,000 yards, excuse me, 1,000 snaps. So yeah, you have to think yourself, I mean, that's, that's kind of an interesting thing because if you break it down and you take a look at it, that shows we had continuity with those two players. Now, of course, you know, Gates got hurt and Zeidler, um, you know, we let, we let, we let basically let Zeidler walk, but I thought it was kind of interesting in reference to just in reference to that, the fact that we did have 2000 snap linemen and I find, and I was just going, I was just kind of going, huh? Now, if you go back to 2012, not 2000, 2012, the year after the Super Bowl in 97, I think it's interesting that you had, you had a center, had 1,000 snaps. You had uh, Kevin Booth had 1,000 snaps. Chris Need almost had 1,000 snaps and 952. Will Beatty had almost 1,000 snaps and 953. So almost your, you also, you, so almost your entire line was a 1,000-snap line. So there is something to that. But do the Giants currently right now on this roster have a thousand snap line? Do they have the players that can play 
those thousand snaps. I mean, I think if Andrew Thomas stays healthy, I think I think that I think that will be something of something of interest to watch. You got to take a look at Glowinski and see what uh, what Glowinski can do. And like I said, I I've never I've I'm not against a Glowinski signing. I just get concerned that he is more of a. Um, I always get concerned. Is he more of a Nate Solder? Is he more of a offensive line? person and it's fine and interesting because if you look at last year Glowinski only played 844 snaps so I thought that was kind of interesting as well for someone that's going to be coming in here and being a stalwart on this team he only played 844 snaps last year thing and also if we recall he almost got benched last year as well so I, I do think that's um I do think that's interesting. But now the two previous years, in 2020, he played 1,092. In 2019, he played 1,077. So he's played 1,000 snaps. So he's done it. And I actually am getting, the more and more I'm seeing this, I'm seeing more of a continuity of an issue with the fact that, right, your offensive linemen need to at least play 1,000 snaps together. And I think that's an interesting perspective. I think we're going to delve into that a little bit more in like maybe its own video. Because now that I'm looking at this and looking at some of the guys that we've had over the years, most of our, our best lines, we've, always, we, we've sometimes had four to five guys playing a thousand snaps on, the, on those lines. Now, I'm not saying the giant, I'm not saying, you know, you, you would hope that Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas would be those thousand snap guys. You would hope that. And because you you want your bookend tackles to be on the field as much as possible, I'm actually a little shocked that Nick Gates played a thousand snaps, which was a hundred percent of the snaps back in uh, 2020. I'm a little surprised by that because he did have some issues at center. But I do find that I do find that interesting. I do find that a little bit surprising. But let's talk about the second day of the Giants OTAs. Um, again, once again, the media was not allowed. But you had some stuff on the Giants website come out saying one of the things that says that uh, Wondell Robinson has displayed a quick twitch during OTAs. I love that this this all comes from the Giants website too, and a cup and Twitter. The rookie is already a frequent target of Daniel Jones. The two connected on several passes during the eleven on eleven drill, including a sideline grab for a sizable game. Robinson is extremely quick in getting to the outside with his cuts, and will be a tough matchup for defenders. Hard hitting news from the Giants. I like when actual beat writers are there because they tell you the truth. The Giants are going to, I'm not telling the Giants are not going to, not take truth, but the Giants are putting their own spin on these things. And I think that's interesting. There was the big play they say from Kayvon Thibodeau was a nice play where he tipped a pass at the line of scrimmage. The ball landed in the hands and from Xavier McKinney, who took it all the way. You know, those are good things you want to see. Those are good things that you want to hear. You want to you want to hear that Wandale is showing a little bit of quickness because I think the, one of the things for him is the fact that he is going to be a little slow. I mean, there's some concerns that he's going to be a little play a little slow in this league. So it's nice that he's showing some quickness. But like I said, I, I would like to see him show a little bit more of this quickness when we're on the field. You know, when we're on the field during the preseason. Evidently, uh, Yusef Corker is looking good. He had a pass breakup. Um, the good thing for Corker is the Giants are so thin at safety. You almost think he's going to have to make the team. And I know there are some concerns that he has limited uh, coverage skills, you know, but you know, like I said, he, he, I think he's going to bring that versatility, that Peppers versatility. Cause like I said, Peppers went in his big season in 2020, spent like 65% of his snaps in the box. 
So I, I think that's um, I think that's going to be kind of where he fills that role. I mean, there's difference between covering in college than covering in the pros. That's why that's why I always laugh when people break down college film and try to translate into the pros. It doesn't work. It it it, it just doesn't work because it's a different game. But I think he may transition a little bit better into the pros because of the fact that he could play more in the box. He actually played more snaps and coverage at Kentucky than he did against the run. But I think that's going to go opposite. Uh, for the Giants. Evidently, Darnay Holmes had a big season. People forget that Darnay is recovering from a torn, uh, suffered a torn ACL. He had a big pass breakup, like evidently in the end zone. So that's going to be, you know, that's, that's, that's a bright spot. That's a good, that's good to see where he's at. And speaking of Xavier McKinney again, Xavier McKinney, it looks like he had another big day. Um, and again, like I said, he, he, McKinney showed a lot last year. He showed that he could be that roaming safety. That's why I didn't want to pick up a safety in the first round because I didn't want to take away from what I think McKinney can do and what he could be. And I think he's going to even he's going to even more or he's going to excel even more this year. So and then and then you got to talk about the Dory Jackson. And, and again, again, this is according to Giants in-house media. Made plays all over the field, broke up a handful of passes. Exactly what the Giants brass had no doubt they were going to see for him moving forward. I can't wait till the regular media gets there. Oh my God. I cannot wait. David Sills also was evidently sh- uh, shining a little bit at six foot. You know, he, David Sills has been here what three years now. And I'm not picking on the kid, but he's been here three years. He got opportunities last year. He's never produced that. People are going to talk about his, his preseason. Yeah, he wasn't really overly productive in preseason, much as people want to think. He caught nine of twenty-one targets for 108 yards and two touchdowns, and won just three of his seven contested opportunities. And of course, when he got into the game for the Giants, he dropped the ball. Um, so you know, like I said, I I I know one of my subscribers, Zach, who is from West Virginia and goes to West Virginia, always talks about how uh, they play no defense in the West Virginia's conference. So that's probably why David Sills excelled even more. Um. Like I said, this is the stuff that you're going to, this is the hard hitting analysis you're going to get out from the Giants right now. Cause like I said, it's all giant in house media. I am still don't understand. As someone that spent three and a half seasons, almost four seasons working in the league, going through OTAs, going through training camps, going through everything else, I've never seen just the in house media. Now, like I said, this was back in the early 2000s, but I've never seen the in, just the in house media covering the team. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. It's always like now, you know, the thing is I have to give the giants credit. This, it looks like the giants now are trying to control the narrative. And I think that's what they're trying to do in reference to what the meat, cause they've been so bad so long. And like I said, one of the things I, I was kind of astonished about Joe Shane was the fact that he wasn't as media savvy as I thought he was going to be, but maybe he's more media savvy off the camera. And he understands that you need to control the media as much as possible to create the narrative that you want to create about this team. I laughed. Someone the other day said, are you ever going to have any former giants on or giants on or any? I'm like, no, (laughs) why the hell they want to come on this show? (laughs) And I told him, I said, did you ever watch this show? Did you ever hear of King of the almost sack? Because we, we speak the truth here. And, and, and just a lot of times the truth is not a, the truth. Why may set you free is not always the most popular opinion or mo- it's not always, or I should just rephrase. It's not even opinion. Sometimes the truth is just not popular. 
But you know what? I think the Giants are headed in the right direction. I think team. I think I know NBA teams do this. I know NBA teams try to keep a lot of in-house media and control the narrative as much as possible. And I think it's smart that the Giants are doing it. If you know it's going to be a bad season, you create your own. I mean, you just. I'm just trying to think of a better way to say. It, but you create your own narrative. You talk about, you may lose 48-17, but you create the narrative of all the wonderful things that you did, which will help keep the fan base excited and engaged. I'm going to be excited and engaged this year either way because I know we're going to be bad. So if we win anything after five or six games, I'm going to be stoked. If Daniel Jones throws for 25 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, I'll still be stoked. It's just just the way it is because you know this team is going to be bad. You accept that going in. You understand this is going to be a rebuild and you build this talent. I just so my biggest fear is this. <laughs> my biggest fear is this, that we, they, they win a couple games and people think they are going to be the 2020 Knicks. And then, then like, and then when they hit the rough patch of the schedule, playing five divisional games in seven, uh, excuse me, in seven games that we hit that skid. And then we turn into the 2021 Knicks and then people jump off the bandwagon. You stay on the bandwagon, you root for your team, good or bad, right or wrong or indifferent, no matter how they play or what they do. I still watched every game last year, even how horrible they were. I lived through the seventies how horrible those games. I lived through 1983 for three twelve and one. I lived through all these things. I lived through Scott Bruner, Jeff Rutledge, Dave Brown, Kent Graham, Danny Connell. I lived through all those guys. You're a fan for a reason. And that's, and that's, and that's all I got to say about that. And again, this is Tim with the online big blue, bringing you the best in New York giant sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, maybe subscribe, if you're in there by human beings, that'd be awesome.